Dog Safety Podcast with Vance and Bart. So, one of my friends was telling me uh, that King Charles has cancer. I heard about that. Yeah. And uh, so, I was telling my friend that uh, that I've heard a lot of research that's been done on diets uh, with the, the whole carnivore thing or getting away from anything that's, that gives your body fuel through fermentation, be it sugar starches, things like that, uh, because cancer cells cannot feed on fats and proteins. They can only feed on fermentation. So like that's what they found. So to change your diet helps you to starve out the cancer cells. Right. And she said, uh, well, that's funny. Steve Jobs said it was fruit. And I said, well, he thought an apple could do anything. Wow. And then you just dropped the mic and you walked away. Yeah, I walked away, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. So I just told my friend to, you know, call up Charles and let him know, just in case he doesn't know. Let him know know about the apple or? Well, either one, but like, you know, let him make his own decision. Give him the facts. Steve Jobs is dead. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if she's done it yet, so. Imagine we'll hear on the news that King George or King George. Did I say King George? Like the fucking movie with uh, uh, what's his name? The the guy from uh, Roseanne. John Goodman. Yeah, I almost thought or that movie almost made it out of my my brain. It almost got pushed out until right now. By remembering that, it got refiled in the middle. It's going to take another decade to get out. Yeah. Slowly get pushed out. If we keep doing these long podcast series, so might not take as long. On that note, I'm happy to do a little bit of fake news if you like. Yeah. What's the fake news today? Fake news. Today's fake news is out of Seattle. Seattle, Washington? Great question. Yes. <laughs> A new Seattle City ordinance designed to give food delivery app drivers a more livable wage is, quote, backfiring, according to several drivers. Uh, Basically, what happened here is that Seattle put an ordinance in place that would add a $5 fee on top of DoorDash, Uber Eats, you know, all these different gig economy orders. Mm-hmm. And it impacted the local gig economy in exactly the way that you or I would have guessed. So they're all doing wonderful. Everything is peachy. And now even your DoorDash person can afford the nicest house thanks to any of your celebrities. So it turned out exactly the way that I would have guessed, I guess. <laughs> So what would you have guessed happened? People get paid more. They're not going to have as much money. 
it's it's funny because some drivers are actually sharing <laughs> numbers and like one driver who was talking about how they made a little over $900 in the same week last year uh-huh. uh but this week they didn't even make $500 uh-uh. um so right at half we'll say um a lot of the people who are working constantly uh have been talking about how it's not only pushed fewer orders to come through because people just won't order at those prices, uh, but it also means the tips are going down because uh, one one driver had quoted, the tips are going down because they think we're making all this money. It was probably more because they just paid the $5 fee. They're taking that out of the tip. Yeah, they're basically like, I was going to tip five six seven dollars whatever it was going to be mm-hmm. and they're like okay you forced that payment so i'm not going to pay that but i think it's a it's a great example of this how greedy people are not just giving up that money right it's a perfect example of that right it's just greed open up your wallets and let the moths out assholes well so often when we talk about minimum wage or even this new phraseology around living wage. Mm -hmm. When we talk about those things for you and I who see these things in a very specific way, we can generally see how that will work out, but Mm -hmm. it, it tends to be a, what (laughs) it tends to be a less direct and less immediate effect. So people don't immediately understand the ramifications of that, but this is a good example of it happening in a very compressed timeline Mm -hmm. as well as a compressed physical location. So you can really test out your theories. Right. Because inflation at first was, it happens over such amount of time. Inflation, what people don't remember is before it was Putin's fault. It was Tyson Chicken's fault. Remember, they were the evil guys that were causing inflation, and then it was, and then it was Putin's. Once it once that happened, the Putin te- uh, Putin price hikes. Remember, I think they'll blame anybody but the Fed. Well, yeah, I'm, what I'm saying is like that happened over a long period of time, and there's so many people blaming everybody. People don't. Because the cycle happened so fast, people forget how ridiculous the first thing Tyson Chicken caused this whole thing. You know what I mean? Like, if we go back to their first bad guy, it was Tyson Chicken. So, right. And and that that's exactly it. That these things have a way of getting lost in the the process of it all. Because if you print trillions of dollars tomorrow yeah the day after prices might not change or you know whatever but stock market will go up if they hear about it yeah once they hear about it but that doesn't help us you know what i mean (laughs) i i think yeah yeah, it's why one of my strong beliefs is getting a lot of people a lot more people into the market as a hedge 
because uh-huh. while you are dismantling these systems, the systems are in place and you should benefit from that while they are in place. Personally, I have moved away from the stock market, but that's my own personal reasons. But that doesn't mean I don't hedge in other ways. I hedge through like currencies and things like that now. Um, The stock market now just, oh wait, really messed me up with the whole like, the way that they were able to prop it up long enough that people, like they were adding liquidity into these companies while the big dogs were selling their stocks. So it was keeping the price up. You know what I mean? With our tax dollars, they were doing that. And then as soon as all the big dogs had all their money out, then they stopped adding all this liquidity to it. And then they did that on purpose. So everybody who's not in the system wouldn't, they would lose their money and all the friends wouldn't. They did that on purpose. And that's how the stock market's set up now. And that pissed me off to no end, right? And I I stayed in the stock market, and I made money on the stock market. I'm not going to lie. But it bugged me and bugged me and bugged me and bugged me. And then Bitcoin came around, things like that. And I, and now we have you know monetary metals and things like those things where I have an alternative to go and make money in a system that's not necessarily at least not rigged in such a pointed way against me, you know? And that's why I stay away from the stock market now. But I understand a lot of people who understand the same things I do can go to the stock market and make a lot of money. And that's, I did, but I I stopped. Well, like I say, there is uh, room to, to benefit while those things are in place, because I don't think we're going to dismantle that system tomorrow but uh like you say there there are other ways to hedge as well i think that one's just the easiest to explain to your average person and Mm -hmm. because it's also something that for better or worse your average person has like faith in uh even post 2008 they still see that as like the if i say the word invest Mm -hmm. 95 percent of people think that's what you mean that's fair they don't necessarily think about private markets they don't necessarily think about forex they don't necessarily think about alternative currencies and things um but kind of to your point about 2008 that goes back to what i was saying about how some of these things can take so long to actually see the effects because a lot of what happened in 2008 with subprime mortgages specifically mm-hmm. we saw as a result of things that happened in the 70s Right, with right. with various different approvals and things getting shoved through on on mortgages, and if if it takes thirty plus years for that to come to pass, it's not as obvious if you're uh-huh. not paying attention to what's going on. So that's why, just to sort of round this thing out, that's why I do like uh, seeing some of these smaller examples where it's very direct, it's very clear what's happening and mm-hmm. people can do a, a better job of extrapolating and just to be explicit i do not think that this news is good in the 
sense that I want these people to be making less. I'm no, just we saying, think this news is good because it is a good example for the rest of the country to not hurt people like this. Right. So that's the fake news. Yeah, it is very fake news. So on that same line, if we were to just talk about the some of the the uh, ideas of minimum wage and or some of the minimum the minimum wage attempts that have been done in the past, we can we can go back to uh, 2000, 2014, 14, 15, Obama. Obama, when he was trying, he was pushing the fifteen dollar minimum wage for the federal minimum wage thing. Twenty sixteen. Okay. So twenty sixteen, Obama praises DC for raising the minimum wage to fifteen. Okay. So these bills were written by McDonald's attorneys and things like that. And if you guys who eat that shit, um. Well, remember, you started seeing, shortly after that, you started seeing the kiosk go up in McDonald's, the automated tellers, right? Some of your nicer ones. The goal was to, Washington, D.C., raises their minimum wage, and then they push it, and then Congress was talking about trying to push it through for a federal minimum wage of $15 an hour. And you guys remember this whole debate that went on, I hope. Right. And McDonald's attorneys wrote this bill. They wanted this to happen because they had the automated system set up before their competition. So this would have given them an edge for X amount of time while their competition tried to catch up where they could have made money, more money, more people would have went to McDonald's because they would not have had as many employees that they had to pay that amount of money to as a competition. Therefore their competitions meals would be more expensive and whatnot. They were willing to ruin people's lives for a stretch of time, making having this advantage against over their competition through the power of government. Now they couldn't do shit if there wasn't the power of government to hurt anybody. They would just have to make products the people wanted for the price they wanted them for. <laughs> they couldn't do these things without the federal government's power. So for those who've maybe heard us talk about regulatory capture before, mm-hmm. this is an example of that. The idea that you are in a position to maybe a- even appear like you are doing something for the people when in reality you are doing it to edge out your competition and basically kick the ladder out from underneath you. So if I were to do my best devil's advocate here, let's say there are only two people on the market. There's McDonald's and Burger King and Burger King does not have their kiosks ready to roll out nearly to the degree that McDonald's does. What is the harm of putting, you know, let's say half of the Burger King locations that can't keep up out of business and then growing the business of McDonald's. No harm at all, as long as you don't do it through, uh, through force. If it was the natural market, there wouldn't be any harm. That would just mean you're 
creating a better product. So like a, a monopoly that exists in nature is not a bad thing because like, it just means you're, you're it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what if somebody did something so good that no matter how many people tried to do it better and cheaper, they just couldn't do it better and cheaper. They were the best. Why would that be bad? Well, not cheaper. Not doing it cheaper at all, right? We're talking about we're talk- living wage. We're talking. You're talking about through coercion, which would be the opposite of better and cheaper, right? This is through government. This is a negative. You're you're creating a monopoly through through force and through a negative by raising the minimum wage. You've made food more expensive <laughs> but, for poor people but i'm saying for for a second if you okay if you feel like that government intervention is for the best let's say you you feel that that's important what is no. the what is the total effect of rising wages and competition being edged out Less competition means higher prices. Higher wages means higher prices. It You're just moving the bottom up. And then the, those people who can't fill the shoes of whatever that wage is. So it's not necessarily true that making $1 an hour and making $15 an hour it's the same thing if you raise the minimum wage. I, I understand that argument where you're like, oh, you've just raised z- you know, z- $1 to 15 and now my $40 isn't worth as much. You know what I mean? I understand that argument, and it's, there's some validity to it. But really what happens is your, your $1 guy and your $15 guy, okay, so now – you have to pay a $1 guy $15. Well, what's going to happen is really everybody who's not worth, let's say, 8 bucks, isn't going to have a job anymore. So $15 is going to be worth 8 bucks now. You know what I mean? It's going to do that. And then that also will mean that people in higher, who are making higher dollar amounts, they're, the worth of that is going to be less because they're competing for products in their area, right? With their dollars. That means that all the products are going to go up if you were to do something like that. You so, don't think there's a potential that it would incentivize them to maybe pull some of those wages, those outsized wages from their CEOs or some of the other profits that they report to their shareholders or things like that probably not uh and the reason is is because they're competing for a select amount of people able to do these jobs as ceo there's not too many people that are qualified for these jobs and they're bidding for these people i mean if you don't think a ceo matters look at what domino's pizza has done if you don't think that that was an amazing turnaround done by an a very competent CEO, then you're blind and you're stupid. That's what a company wants. That's what your your company wants. They want a CEO that can can sometimes come in and change your whole company around and turn it 
into a downward trending business and turn it into a uh, a screaming success again. But wouldn't a federal minimum wage level that kind of playing field where maybe CEOs just on average go down in pay? So maybe there's some loss there, but overall it's a net gain for the folks who are at the bottom of the payroll. I think it would be a little bit more of the opposite, to be honest with you, because the importance of the, the CEO will go up as you can't afford. Like The more you can't afford, the more important it is to find a CEO that can figure out how you can't afford it. Or maybe a CFO, I guess, right? Right. So CFO wages skyrocket? Yeah, because you've got to be able to edge out your competition. And at this point, if we're going for government coercion to to use that then our then our lobbying budget needs to go up which is going to take away from the lower people the people at the cash register whatever now we've got to dump a whole bunch of money into our lobbying budget you think they'd still have to lobby if they uh achieved a monopoly after edging out their competition yeah yeah i mean if it's government coercion that's making them a monopoly then they have to Stay on top of that because it could be as simple as somebody else getting the right hooker that they lose that monopoly. You know, with a government, it is volatile. You don't know what's happening the next day because you're not actually following the success of a company. You're following how successful their lobbyers are at finding the right hookers for the right ladies, the right hookers for the right dudes, the right crack for the right president's son. You never know. So it's not one and done. Even lobbying is on the subscription model. Oh, absolutely. For sure. For sure. Um, in fact, it's, uh, it's the most rewarding expense outside of producing something. It's the highest ROI. Yeah. Yeah. So for those who don't know what ROI is return on investment, I hope. <laughs> 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 so it sounds like even if the coercion isn't the problem, uh-huh. the actual mechanics of a minimum wage or something like it still backfire in the same way as we've seen time and time again. It's as simple as some of your building inspection stuff, you know, that we go through. Um a lot of the reason why you see buildings made the way they're made still is because it's just the way the, the inspections are. You have to, oh, if we do this, it has to be this way. Technology's not advancing as fast as it can because we have to make sure it'll pass the inspection of the, of the inspection book that was written in the 60s, right? I mean, how, why would housing electrical systems have advanced in the past since the sixties. The only thing that's happened is we've added a neutral wire. That's it. Like that's the advancement in the technology of wiring a house <laughs> since the sixties is now we have a neutral wire. I mean, that's a 50% increase in prongs. <laughs> so that's not insignificant. Right. So I'll, I'll throw out one more thing that gets, tossed around is folks pointing at the Nordic countries 
where McDonald's and similar will have wages that conform to the minimum wages of those countries. Uh-huh. That would be the equivalent to, you know, maybe even mm-hmm. $25 here. But the price of those burgers is only a small percentage higher than it is here. Mm-hmm. Does that not? Well, I would say a company like McDonald's can subsidize prices throughout the world to try to knock out their competition. So let's say I'm a big company like McDonald's and I have I have non-wage controlled countries that I make money in and I have wage controlled countries that I make money in or I try to make money in. And then there's competitions or companies that want to come up into those wage controlled markets and compete with me. What would I do? I would subsidize my prices for those wage controlled countries to keep the competition from being able to compete or come up where I was making a very minimal profit, but I am still making a profit there and there's no way anybody else can compete in that market at that kind of profit level. So in the, in the same way that let's say YouTube, which is a loss leader for Mm -hmm other Google products is not bound in isolation by being profitable or not, which it's not, Mm -hmm. it's bound to the larger corporation. Because if we were talking about CEO pay, as an example, Mm -hmm. McDonald's CEO isn't paid based on the profitability of the US or the profitability of the Nordic countries. It's all of that in aggregate. Correct. So how would you advise folks to think globally and act locally when they're thinking about these sorts of conundrums? Well, on minimum wage itself, just remember that what you're doing is knocking out the poorest of us out of the workforce. So the people who are needing the most, you're knocking them out of the workforce and sending them to the streets or to the welfare line. And that's not going to do anybody any good. What if you hate the poor? That's fine. You can hate the poor, but it still benefits you as a not poor for them to work in some sort of productive manner for the money that they're going to get, as opposed to on a welfare line or even just pooping in the streets like California. You don't want that either. This morning, for example, I live in Georgia. The homeless, it's getting worse. I'm in Midtown, you know, Midtown, Peachtree. It's kind of expensive, right? I'm in a nice tower on Peachtree that I park in, in their parking deck. I go to the stairs to walk down. There's a passed out guy with no pants or underwear on, laying on the steps with crack pipe and lighter and underwear and a sock over here, just like a trail of clothes and and drug paraphernalia all the way from the door to where he laid down. And, And it's not... I know the guy's got a problem. I'm not saying like there's, but if his, if he's out of the workforce because there isn't a job that pays the smallest amount and he still gets, let's say money from welfare or whatever, it's not doing him any good. He idle hands, like there might be a religious thing and you might not be religious, 
but it's true. If you can do something, if you sit on your ass all day, tomorrow, don't do a thing. Don't be productive. Don't do the dishes. Don't do anything. Just sit on your ass and don't do nothing. And then the next day, go out and do you. Be productive. Get something done around the house. At the end of the day, yes, you worked. You will feel better about yourself. And we're taking that away from people. It's a 